Welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostle Center. Today we are joined by Father Frank, Chris, Kate, and Tyler, and we're discussing the Triduum. Triduum. Odd word. Not exactly something you would find on your SATs. (laughs) Very Catholic word. Um, What does it mean? Well, try T-R-I means three, so we got that. It's it's the three days. It, it's it, it, it's called the it, – it has a variety of things. It could be the Easter Triduum, the, the Paschal Triduum. Uh, these, these names for it really are talking about uh, three days, but it's a, it's a very particular three days that includes – begins in the evening, almost in a in – a, in a, a, a Jewish way, uh, the in evening mat the evening mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday reaches its high point in the Easter Vigil. The Bishop's Conference says on their resource page around about this, and closes with evening prayer on Easter Sunday. I think sometimes people, when they think about the Triduum, they just think Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil. Actually, no. It's all the way through until evening prayer on Easter Sunday. That's the triduum. That's the three days that that go on. Now, there's a whole set of liturgies that go along with this. And by liturgies, because I use that term because there's there's not just masses. There's There are masses, but Good Friday is not. Mm-hmm. And so that gives us, and the Mass on Thursday really doesn't close. It, it's a very interesting set of, set of, uh, of liturgical moments. And then in mm-hmm. the Easter Vigil, um, the, the longest liturgy of the church, but one of the most beautiful and symbolic liturgies of the church. Um, and then, the, of course, the Masses of Easter Sunday itself. Um, which the vigil is meant to prepare, you know, to, to open. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the vigil is is the Easter vigil is often when people who are um, have discerned that they want to become part of the Catholic Church do that. Is that right? My first three hours as a Catholic were during the Easter vigil mass uh, in two thousand five. My entire family. Uh, so my mother, my father, and my three brothers, we all entered into full communion with the church that night. Um, talk about a unique ex- first Catholic experience. <laughs> um, there's just so many unique things about that liturgy. Uh, with, you start with a like, bonfire outside. Um, you light the church. Um, you read three, five, or seven readings. You go through salvation history. Um, and then the lights come on in the church and the Gloria and the bells. Um, and we experienced that as a family and then became Catholic, like boom, like that night. Um, we were Episcopalian. Um, so my first communion was at an Easter Vigil Mass. Uh, my parents were confirmed at it, the Easter Vigil Mass. So many things happen there. It really, Father, like you said, it really is a culmination of so many different aspects of our faith and the life of Christ. Um, 
and that's a that's a day that will live in my brain forever and and these are the holiest days of the church year uh and if if someone hasn't experienced them um, these particular liturgies it's really worth doing at, at least once if not if not every year or on a reg, uh, yearly basis if you could uh, you know the mass of the lord's supper uh, is uh, is quite a, a a beautiful liturgy and and it's a little different um, it's it, the first part of it is the liturgy of the word as you would normally have on a sunday mass but then after the the homily there's this reenactment of the mandatum the washing of the feet you 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 hear the gospel and then it's literally played out right in front of you with 12 people um, and their f- and the priest takes off his his chasuble and you know gets down on his knees as Jesus did and is is there washing feet and and I have, having done it on a number of occasions it's it's a it's a very beautiful and humbling experience I don't know if any of you have experience having your foot washed in in that? Thankfully, no. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, what was that like? Weird. That. <laughs> I think that's a very good description. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, no, it is. I mean, it's, it's really look up to you, that brings you Christ. That here's your sins. He's down on his hands and knees, washing your gross, disgusting foot. Um. Yeah, well, I hope you would have prepared. Properly. <laughs> yeah, he got his. Well, and, and, and you think about how awkward that is in the middle of a mass, and and how it must have been mm-hmm. for the apostles there in the upper room. These rugged at the last fishermen. supper. Yeah, they didn't prepare their feet. They didn't know. They <laughs> no. the world. Yep. Uh, and and <laughs> as awkward as we would think it was, I I just can only imagine what it was like for them. Yeah, it's funny that we're talking about this. Just a few weeks ago in our Bible study, we reflected on this scene with with Peter specifically, how he said, no way, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. And then Jesus says, if you don't let me do this, you have no inheritance with me. And then, of course, Peter, being this passionate guy all over the place, says, okay, never mind, wash me all of me then, if, if that's what I need for inheritance. Um, so I've, I was talking about this with some of, of my friends and I mean, he's washing their feet at a time when they're barefoot or wearing sandals. So I was thinking about it and this is no prim affair. He didn't just pour the water and they're washed. He was probably doing a little scrubbing, you know, and getting his hands a little bit dirty there. And, um, what a way to, to show and to witness what Christ and the life of faith is all about in his last moments on earth. Um, My husband and I actually washed each other's feet on our wedding night, and we wanted to just set that as the tone for our marriage of this sacrificial just relationship built on service. And um, 
after discussing this passage of scripture a few weeks ago, I decided that I wanted to do it again. I think it, it was around, I think it was Valentine's Day, actually. And so I just like get out these bowls of, of water and I wash my husband's feet. And I really got to experience a, a little glimpse of what Jesus must have in those moments because I mean, we're living in the 21st century. Our feet are not so gross and grimy. And yet it was still this. I remember being like, ooh, you know, there are these man feet in front of me. And I was I was kind of laughing at myself because I wasn't like all into it. But, um, you know, this this time, this 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 thing that we do during the uh, Triduum, it starts off the Triduum really on that Holy Thursday and what a beautiful way to set the tone for, for Easter and to, to prepare us. We've just come from the this Lenten journey where we've been doing prayer and fasting and almsgiving and we've given things up and we've tried to increase our prayer life and all of this. And then here we are. This is what this is the culmination of that forty day journey. And it starts with the washing of the feet. And then uh, as the Mass continues, it's, it continues with the liturgy of the Eucharist. And then you get to the end. Mm. And, uh, and all of a sudden now the, the priest is, uh, the, the altar is prayer and the Blessed Sacrament is, is there. There's uh, either the priest takes, uh, takes off the chasm, puts on a cope and a humeral veil or just a humeral veil picks up the the ciborium of the of the Eucharist and there's this procession uh, off to this location that's not normally there off you know inter, or if it is a side altar or somewhere else um, some places even go outside and maybe if they have another chapel somewhere else and they've got it set up and it's beautifully decorated almost Easter-esque at times and the, the, the Blessed Sacrament is reposed there in the repository. And, and this is a, a place to be reflective as Jesus went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he takes Peter, James, and John, and off he goes, and they fall asleep. <laughs> um, and can we remain yeah, could you not keep watch with Christ? Exactly. And there's this wonderful custom, and unfortunately in the age of locked churches, it's, it's not as present as it once was, but there is this wonderful custom. And I think uh, for those who are in a city, there, there is still a number of places, there are still a number of places that have it, where uh, going and making three or seven visits, um, that was something that, that, that I grew up with. Um, I, I think, Chris, if I remember correctly, didn't your mom? Probably. She does it yeah. all. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. Those, yeah, those, you know what I'm saying. Of, the tradition. I, I, I honestly, I don't. Um, I don't think I have should. ever participated. It's awesome. in it. Um, I've not had the. <laughs> I've not had the opportunity. Yeah, I, I should, but um, it is. You're absolutely. I do. It's absolutely right, and especially in areas where there are a lot of churches. Yeah, like um, the area you grew up. Yeah, in, 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 in big cities and things like mm-hmm. that, where there's you know the. This church there, that church there. It, it, yeah, it's a beautiful opportunity to um, kind of invite, you know, or, or to put yourself into that mindset, but also um, to to go on this and to be watchful, but also to just 
experience these churches too and and um yeah definitely something i would encourage i probably should encourage myself to do so <laughs> i actually did it for the first time right here in this neighborhood in brooklyn where we're um where we're doing this podcast um a few years ago since having kids so mm-hmm. that's not likely in my future anytime soon but <laughs> sometimes it's even organized i think it, here in washington it, they they do have a, a, a the archdiocese has a little program where they where you can people. move around yeah and mm-hmm. and that's a it, it is a, a wonderful custom and and one that I see coming back even even more fully um, in recent years. Mm-hmm. One of the things that that does occur also then is that the altar is stripped um, and the tabernacle is left uh, open. Uh, because now, uh, come the next day, when you walk in, it's the one day out of the year where if there is a tabernacle within the body of the church, it is empty. And it's to show that, that emptiness of uh, once you arrive for the commemoration of the Lord's Passion on Good Friday, um, the commemoration of the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, th- that's the full title of it, is an opportunity to just recognize that he is uh, liturgically, we have this experience of, of loss. Uh, and, and so the, that particular liturgy, in come the, 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 uh, the priest, there's no real procession. They just walk in, in silence, and prostrate on the ground, like full blown, you know, as if they're about to be ordained type of thing. Um, they're, they're down on the ground, face down, uh, in this full-on, here's, um, here's how I present myself to the, we present ourselves to the Lord, that, you know, uh, this, this sacrifice of Christ that has occurred. And so we enter into then the readings of that and the, and the passion um, what's it? What was? What's it been like? You know, over the years, because the passion here in the states, uh, except in places where maybe there's a, a more of a sung passion, usually is uh, on both passion, Palm, you know, Palm Sunday of uh, the Lord's Passion, and also uh, on Good Friday, is um, is almost like a a, a dialogue, a a, a little. A, a little play mm-hmm. is going on, a little script reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, how have you experienced that? Yeah, you really feel like you're a part of the crowd. I mean, like you're crucify him, crucify him. Like, um, As a child, I remember being, I don't want to say that. <laughs> totally, right? I, I'm still like I that. I'm still that. like that. I don't really want to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it's, a very, it's a very interesting experience as a child. And really, even now, I don't think I fully grasp it all. Um, but... As a child, I remember, I feel like we talked about this before, but as a child, I remember um, going with my mother and uh, it's dark and church is almost cold. and Maybe that's the story I'm remembering. Yeah, and, and um, uh, you do this, the, the, there's this, the, you're right, this dialogue, and, and it's just a totally different feeling from what you would normally get either on Sunday or any other time during the week. And um, there's definitely something different about it, and and it's intentional. Um, and I think there's usually a lot of there's a veneration of the cross, and mm-hmm. um, which 
again, child me never really fully grasped. And mom, why do I? I don't want to kiss. Why do I do that? Mom's oh, just touch it, you know. And um, but it, you know, of course now older and looking back upon this and it going to this service myself, um, it's a, it is so. Um, the experience is almost it's indescribable sometimes, and um, you almost have to prepare folks that have not gone to it ever or perhaps in a long time because it's very different. It's a totally different um, way in which you experience the that week. Mm-hmm. Well, Father, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not a mass, right? No, it, and it's, it's like not. the only day in the world of the year. Where no masses are being said in the liturgical, anywhere in the liturgical year, it is the only it is the only one you do. There is you 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 have the opportunity to receive the Eucharist. It's the reserve sacrament that has you know been put in the repository or at that point have been put in a, a, a another location, um, and then suddenly now out comes the the Eucharist, but not not in the tabernacle in the church, and then it goes away again. You know the altar is stripped again. And uh, and and everyone leaves in silence. Mm-hmm. They just depart. It's really um, jarring. There's no yeah. procession in. There's no procession out. It's just this. We're here. We're doing this thing, and we leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's it's almost that confusion. Yeah. While it's ritual, it's almost like the confusion that must have been in the community mm. of he's not point. here. And, and he and and this didn't work out the way we thought it did, was. What's going on? And some some more uh, elaborate liturgies. I feel like I've experienced the um, let us kneel and, and yes. And, and, and there's this set. I of brought inter- my parents to the service at the Basilica yes. here in Washington. Yes. And, uh, I had never experienced that before. That's that's the set of intercessions that occurs. Uh, and then the veneration of the cross um, occurs after that. So there's these, there's the readings, the passion, and this, this set of intercessions. And the set of intercessions is um, it really cover, runs the gamut. I mean, everything you can think of uh, is put into those intercessions uh, in terms of what we can pray for. And it's meant to be very, very solemn moment of petition. Uh, of the Lord uh, for all of the uh, church and world and all all people, including those who don't believe and mm-hmm. and and what is happening, and uh, just to to recognize that everything needs to to go to the Lord and and if they're sung, um, there's you know there is a there's an introduction there's the let us kneel and a moment of silence. Then let us stand, and then a prayer that the that the priest does, and that's very uh, intentional on the church's part to really enter us into. We have to be just as Jesus sacrificed Himself on the cross for all, um, for you know for for the for the opportunity to, for everybody to have the opportunity for salvation if they believe. Um, this so these petitions are 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 taking in all and and remembering all 
So then we get to, you know, Good Friday. We have this great uh, um, into Holy Saturday, and we have this kind of great stillness um, as this reading in the officer reading talks about, great silence that enters in. And then uh, we come to the Easter Vigil. And Tyler had mentioned this a little earlier about the this bonfire. We get to have a big uh, fire, the new fire. All the Catholic pyromaniacs come out. Yeah, and it can be quite the it can be quite the thing. I've seen all sorts of I've seen all sorts of fires. Uh, Is it in, raining? In what do we have to do? <laughs> yes, exactly. And. And, and then you take the, the Paschal candle, the big candle that's meant to represent Christ. Uh, the Alpha, Alpha and the Omega. Uh, Omega, the first and the last, the, you know, the beginning and the end. And you have the cross that's etched in and the year, you know, year of our Lord, um, which we don't tend to say often, you know, in uh, Anno Domini. And, and now we have um, the lighting. And then in that one flame... Everyone else's candle is lit off of that one flame. And suddenly this darkness in the church is filled with light as the exultet, which really reviews salvation history and the and the 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 um, what what we are about, what we are celebrating is sung. And then we enter into these readings of, of as, uh, as Tyler said a little earlier, going through salvation history, a, a reading, a responsory, and a prayer. Uh, and then the Gloria. And usually there's a bit of drama when the lights, you know, suddenly go on. and um, The bells. and The bells. And then the reading from uh, St. Paul, the epistles of uh, St. Paul. And then... The, then the Alleluia suddenly arrives again mm-hmm. after being gone all of Lent. Oh, I bring you a message of great joy, the message of yes. Alleluia. <laughs> and there we are. You know, it's the, the Alleluia party begins, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we have the, the gospel. And after then, uh, after, the, after the, the homily um, and the renewal of baptismal promises, instead of the creed, there's mm-hmm. a renewal of baptismal baptismal promises um we we then have uh the you know we have the blessing of water uh and and then we we move through the sacraments of initiation and and the sacraments of initiation whether it's baptism uh baptism then confirmation for those who and then our reception into the church and then then those who are received, then we continue on with the liturgy of the Eucharist and they receive communion. They receive their first Eucharist. Uh, and so there's, there's great joy in, in, in that. These people who have, who, the, they, who have entered into the life of a, the catechumens and the candidates it's a, a tremendous moment if you if you've ever experienced it. You know Tyler has experienced it in, in person, um, and 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 in his family. Um, but I think you know, whenever we see it, it can really be quite moving. And to be the presider, uh, the celebrant of of those sacraments, it's really a very moving moment. 
you know, as adults who have made this, this movement into the church. It's amazing just hearing you talk about just, I mean, you just kind of broke down the vigil, but we've been talking about all of these ceremonies and liturgies that we go through um, during the Easter Triduum. I mean, it's just amazing how how deep and profound these symbols, this everything has a meaning. And just even listening about listening to you kind of go through it, I mean, it's it's so much for for us to grasp. This is the the central mystery of our faith, the the death, the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. This is what sets our faith apart and the central mystery. The other component of that is the incarnation, God made man, but this is the the central mystery. And there's just so much for us to meditate on, reflect on every year that that's why we go through this Lenten journey of 40 days in the desert with Jesus because we're preparing for this awesome mystery that we can't even contain and you know every year I'm I realize more and more how how deep and profound this is and I understand that that's why we have these rituals and these symbols and these things that we do because we are trying to grasp at this reality that's just so much bigger than than us but that's why the church in her wisdom has these beautiful things that we that we do um so yeah there's a lot there's a lot packed in there and and you miss a lot if you if you go just from palm sunday to easter sunday yes palm sunday where you'll have yeah you'll have the passion you have the palms um but and then on easter sunday itself uh, beautiful masses, and they should be some of the most beautiful and solemn masses that we have in any given year. But the only difference will be the renewal of baptismal promises and the the sprinkling rite. Um, in general, it's pretty much the same as as other Sunday. Whereas these other celebration, these other liturgies, are really stop us in our tracks because there's elements in each of them that are just so different that and and so unique and so ancient that they we 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 have to stop for a moment and say wow what what's happening here and and what am i experiencing and what is the what am i uh how is how am i entering into the paschal mystery through this and then on Easter Sunday, it's that profound moment of celebration as well. And the church takes that, and it's not just a day. It's not just Easter is one day. It's an entire season liturgically. I mean, it's up until Pentecost. Am I right, yes. Father? Yeah, the 50 days, mm-hmm. first, the, first the octave, so eight day, the eight, eight days that, that follow. Um, as we do at Christmas, there's an octave. And then the 50 days right up through a Pentecost. Sometimes it's hard to see because lilies don't last long. Unlike poinsettias, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've joked that we should really kind of make a switch uh, because poinsettias last weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're like right up to the moment of Lent. Uh, whereas Do they make white poinsettias? Whereas, right. Yes, whereas lilies, um, you know, by the time you get to Good Shepherd Sunday, the fourth Sunday of of uh, of Easter, they're usually gone, 
And and by the time you get to Pentecost, it doesn't still feel like Easter in the church. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, at Christmas, when we have the Christmas season, it still feels like Christmas. There's mm-hmm. still a lot of Christmas decorations mm-hmm. there in the church, and it, it still feels like that. One of the things that always I always think about um, when we're talking about Easter, particularly Easter Sunday, is something that... One of the priests in my parish growing up reminded us always in his, in in the sometimes usual comments in, in charity from the priest of we hope to see you next week, et cetera, et cetera, right? He reminded us that every Sunday is a little Easter. And uh, I always think back to that and, and kind of that's this magnificent ex- you know, you had mentioned, Father, that, you know, this time of the Easter, Easter, the Triduum, um, you know, these are supposed to be some of the most solemn, most, you know, the the, the smells and bells are supposed to kind of come out and, in celebration. Um, and um, that may not always be possible every Sunday, but it's not about the smells and bells, right? It's about what's happening. It's about being there and what it, what we're witnessing and experiencing together. Um, and so I, I pose that to our listeners that every Sunday is a little Easter um, and to remember that and, and uh, kind of approach each Sunday um, in the same joy and celebration that you have with the smells and the bells. One of the things we should mention is that if you're interested in uh, discussing more or learning more about Triduum and in particular Holy Thursday to check out our Stories on Mission podcast where we have some uh, discussion and interviews with uh, priests, seminarians, and lay people about the experience of Holy Thursday um, and what it means to them and how they're experiencing it. Uh, So check that out on our feed. It should uh, be up there for you to take a listen. We all. Well. We, <laughs> I also encourage you to go to our website at catholicapostolatecenter.org. We also have a resource page for Lent and for Easter, and we have a reflection guide um, for each week of Lent. We have blog posts about growing in your faith during Lent, uh, things to prepare you for the Triduum, webinars, uh, videos, other podcasts. So we really encourage you um, as you prepare to make or are in the midst of making your Lenten journey to check out those resources. ¶¶